Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. Um, I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about <laughs> next. I am like, my, I've got my posture right. I Ooh. am jazzed. I got just a second wind. Ooh, paper towels. <sighs> paper I, towels. Yeah. I just want to go on record as I love them. Yeah. Can we say that it's like we know it's not the environmentally right solution to Absolutely. any of our problems? We, you know, I buy seventh generation Me paper too. towels if that makes anyone feel any better about this. Not only this. are they eco friendly, but I like the brown, crafty color. Claire, same. <laughs> same. And listen, yes, I do also use dish towels, a same. lot of them. Same. And I've gotten better at using dish towels and being like, I, I'm going to use this for everything and then I'm going to get rid of I'm going to swap it out. And that's Same. I feel great about that, too. And you know what, Erica, thank you for bringing up the environmental aspect of this, because I think if there can be an environmentally conscious way of using paper towels, then I have embraced it and I have innovated in the category. Uh, you are <laughs> certainly an innovator in that I like to use and reuse them. Yeah, um, they have like a life cycle. It's like yeah. a bit like. They started as a caterpillar, so fresh, <laughs> so juicy, yeah. and then at the end, yeah. they're a dead butterfly. Go on, explain your explain your, your I'll, process. I'll introduce this by with a story. You start with a story. Um, when I was pregnant, and Chris and I finally found our doula that that helped us deliver our son. She <laughs> explain what a doula was. <laughs> she <Yeah. laughs> the first order of business was that she gave us a questionnaire that we had to fill out and both of us had answers to give. Some of the questions were only for me, some of them were for like both of us or just Chris. And one of the questions and it was in all caps, so I I'm going to read it like it's in all caps because it was. Think about your most happy, most at peace moment. It could be a day, a place, a specific instance, something you just love doing. Describe it here. It may help to use this imagery as labor intensifies. And when I opened up the document to answer it, it turned out Chris had already gone through and answered a bunch of the questions that he had to answer. And it turned out he had actually already answered this question on my behalf. He wrote, leaving dirty paper towels all over the house because they, quote unquote, aren't finished yet. And you know what? He's not wrong. That is something, <laughs> that is my happy place. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the reason being is that I do consider paper towels a luxury. And if I've just used them to dry my hands, then I'm not going to throw them away. And the rule is like if they've only been touched with water and they aren't destroyed from so much water, I'm just going to leave them on the countertop and use it again later. Or if I'm at work, I'm going to put it in my top desk drawer. And let me tell you, that comes in handy a lot because I spill my lunch a lot. I 
I will say that you do spill a lot and it's nice to not have to use clean paper towels to clean up whatever spill you've made. Well, that, but also I have a ton of paper towels just ready, in my drawer, yeah, just ready. Ready, ready to go. Um, and I mean, you could just keep a napkin in your drawer that wasn't like three quarters used. Well, but I, that I would be like a whole separate effort. This is just like a natural cycle. Like I use go, a paper towel yeah, and then it, it goes, goes in the drawer and then it comes, and then it comes back, back out. Later. And, yeah. yeah. No, I, I've witnessed it. I, and yeah. it drives Chris utterly insane. He hates it. He's like, cannot believe how many half-used paper towels there are in our kitchen. But I feel great about it. How do you know when one's done? Usually after the second Like, is it by smell? Is yeah, it no, like a, no, You know, you open the oven thing. and you're like, ooh, this cake's done. Is that how you put <laughs> the paper towel? Well, I just want to say that if there's anything other than water, it's almost always done immediately. Okay. Well, except sometimes, you know mm-hmm. that. Except I was waiting. I do use that natural St. Olio um, cleaner, cleaner. And I feel like that it can get a second use sometimes if it's only been a light use of that one. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Your mother also leaves paper towels scattered around or no? No. Oh, fact, where did you get this habit or this… Uh, Honestly, skill, I guess, is what you would call it. it's interesting that you brought it back to my mother because I would, I don't think that we ha- always had paper towels in the house growing up. I think we were like more of a dish towel family. Yeah, and I, I think, can see that about your household. And I think what happened is that when I finally lived on my own and could buy paper towels, I was so captivated by it and felt like it was such a unique luxury that I didn't want to like abuse it, you know? And it was like, oh my oh, God, interesting. you know? And so… I think it was just like, I don't want to run out. Like, this is a precious commodity. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. I grew up in a paper towel household for sure. Yeah. Uh, lucky. My mother <laughs> so bought, lucky. bought 24 packs of Bounty at Sam's mm-hmm. Club. They were all, you know, there were always at least one 24 pack in the garage. Mm, so um, lucky. So they were used uh, plentifully. And when Thomas and I started living together, he was definitely like aghast at my paper towel use because he grew up in a dish towel household mm-hmm. for certain. And there's like, at his house, there's always like a half roll of paper towels, but in a drawer somewhere right. that you have to like go searching <laughs> for it. It's like if something like truly tragic yeah. happens, we have paper towels, but we're not putting them on display. <laughs> My parents leave them under the sink, like with all the cleaning supplies next to like and the trash can under the sink in the kitchen. Yeah. It's like that. So Thomas was definitely like, oh my God, I cannot believe you use paper towels like this. And so then I have like curbed over the years my habits so much. And I think I didn't realize how far I'd come until a few years ago. We were cooking dinner with my brother at his house and we like left dinner and Thomas was like, your brother's paper towel use (laughs) is out of control. It's like another level. And I was like, see how like, do you see what I've done? Do you see like the progress I've made and that I was never even as bad as that to begin with? Wow. 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 It gave him context. Yeah, basically. That, congratulations. Thank to you. you. Yeah. I I remember when Erin Boyle from Reading Me Tea Leaves came out with her book about just like living more simply and she lives very sustainably. She talked about, you know, just saving old t-shirts and yeah. things to use as rags. And I felt very inspired by that. And I and again, no shortage of dish towels in my home. Yeah. Like I I could use them. I think part of it is I feel like I worry that the dish towels have been used for something else and they're not like clean enough to dry, to wash, to dry my hands. I don't know. So I think, I think the way that I get through this is that the dish towels can only be used to like on clean things. And then I can use the dish towel and feel confident in like pretty much all the uses. And then the paper towel has to be used for things that are dirty, dirty. Oh, interesting. So for drying hands or for like, even like drying like vegetables, like for like putting out like vegetables to dry or like whatever, mm -hmm. like a dish towel is doing that. But if it's like a really gross, like if it's a gross spill, that's a sponge or that's like a paper towel. Okay. That's a good strategy. Yeah. That's a good system. Yeah. Yeah. That works for me. Maybe I'll try to adopt that. Yeah. Okay. Give it a go. See how you feel. Yeah. 
All right. You really think people have heard steps. us talk enough about paper towels? I don't or know, no? Claire. <laughs> um, maybe maybe you should tell them. So this is a best of 10 things episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like you should open with something you have been doing that is sustainable. That is sustainable. To, like, yeah. to help counteract for the fact that we just talked about paper products. Recycled paper products, but yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, that we both use um, somewhat sparingly or as sparingly figured, as, yeah, we can, as we can. As personally. Um, We're working on it. So one of the environmentally conscious habits that I have never been great at is reducing my water bottle usage, my like plastic water or like paper cups Cup, or, yeah. and things like that. I just disposable I, drinkware. Yeah. I've been a user and an abuser and have felt guilty about it. And like, shout out to the people on Instagram who shame people about this. Cause it, it's worked on me. Like I do. It works. Like I, social media is so bad in so many ways, but I do think it has made me a more environmentally conscious person. Um, and actually I found out about this cup from my friend Indira, body who Instagrammed about it. It is called a Stojo cup. And I bought, I bought three. I bought one for me, one for you and one for Chris. And actually of the three of us, Chris uses his the most. Interesting. Um, because he gets a coffee every single day, which, oh, right, I, don't yeah, do. yeah, yeah. which I don't do either. Um, yeah. But so this cup, what's amazing about it is that it um, collapses flat. And so it's like, I don't know, like two inches tall or yeah, something when yeah, it collapses. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a hockey puck. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, you know what? This is something I can do. I can carry this in my purse every day. Like I schlep around a bunch of other stuff. I started schlepping around a bagu at all times. I like this is about, you know, it's heavier, but about the same size as a bagu pouch. Um, and the hardest part, honestly, is remembering that I have it in my purse when I'm going to get a drink. But it's really been a game changer for me. And now I, I feel proud about my me having my reusable cup. So check out these Stojo cups. I think they're an answer if you're not someone who wants to carry around a bottle. My thought related to this, I found a biodegradable straw recently mm-hmm. that I feel good about. So Thomas for a while had been pushing me to talk in 10 things or on the podcast about pasta straws. Mm. Um, he has felt very strongly about pasta straws ever since we had a pasta straw in Palm Springs with a date shake. I thought that particular use case was like I think the problem with well, I don't the pot- think you can use well, I guess you don't use a straw for hot drinks anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think that the hard thing about the straw, the like pasta straw for me is that because it's a food product, I inherently think of it as like a food pairing when it's in something else, <laughs> even though obviously you're not eating oh, it. I understand though. But you're but like, does pasta go with, with your brain? milkshakes? <laughs> yeah. No. Pasta does not go with milkshakes. I understand that completely. Um, but last weekend when I was in Austin at this restaurant, Clark's, um, mm-hmm. which was lovely, by the way, mm-hmm. um, they had hay straws, like pieces out of, of hay. hay. Yeah. Um, Not to be confused with the Danish design group who also makes, makes straws. straws. Yeah. Exactly. So I i don't know if this is the brand that they use, but there is a brand online, H-A-Y exclamation point, mm-hmm. straws. Um, and they sell like a hundred pack of these things for eight bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And they're just perfect because guess what? Hay in nature, like the right piece just is hollow on the inside. Yep. It can so is it just a piece of hay actually? It's Claire, like exactly. Somebody selected the right piece I, of hay or like bred it for as, uh, yes. to be the right size. Yes. Interesting. I wonder if it is genetically engineered to just be like the perfect straw shape and size. I don't know. Or if it's just a certain breed of hay that is the right, you know. Wow. Yeah. But I was super into it. They're also just like very lightweight. It's sold in non-plastic packaging. Love that. Um, yeah. I was into it. Yeah. I do. It's all these little little habits, you know? Little things. Little things. Thank you so much to Feels for supporting today's episode. Um, you know we are very big CBD people around here. Feels is a new brand of CBD. It's premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. 
I am a fan of CBD for a number of things. Um, first and foremost, I discovered it first because I found it really helped with my migraines. Um, a lot of people with chronic pain really rely on CBD and feels is a really wonderful form of it. The other thing that I recently started using it for is trouble sleeping that I just sort of was a new thing for me. Um, <laughs> I was delighted to discover that feels helped with that. Um, it can help with reducing stress, anxiety, sleeplessness, chronic pain. A lot of people are really discovering how helpful it can be. So all you do is place a few drops under your tongue and you feel the difference. If you're new to CBD, one of the great things about Feels is that they offer a free hotline and tech support to help guide you through the experience, thinking about dosage and all of those things, what you can expect. And it's a membership program. So you join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every single month. You don't have to think about it, which is nice. You save money on every order and you can pause and cancel at any time. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash a few things, and you'll get a whole 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash a few things to become a member and get 50% off automatically on your first order with free shipping. Feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash a few things. We're uh, transitioning into the world of food consumption, yes. food and beverage. Um, F and D. I, <laughs> 2019 has been my year of becoming a better host. Yeah. An entertainer. Uh, you have stepped it up. Thank you. Like, I, you, I don't know what level you were at before, yeah. but you're like at least two or three levels higher. I agree. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I credit entirely with having a baby and struggling to leave the house. Which is, but that's like yeah. a weird thing to credit it with ultimately. Or it's like a weird <laughs> yeah. thing to like… I had a baby, so I became a good host. Like, that's right. like kind well, of. Well, because there were two things. One, it's harder to leave the house. Yeah. And it was very important to me to maintain my relationships while when becoming a mother. And two, I realized at some point that I really wanted Cam to grow up with my friends around a lot. And I wanted him to I interact like this. with, yeah. with yeah, them. Yeah. And so I, Chris and I just said like, okay, we're going to try to make a habit of like on Sundays inviting people over. And. I will also credit our neighbors, actually. We have some neighbors who always have people over on Sundays, and we were like, that's such a lovely thing. And they also have, they had one small kid, now they have two yeah, small kids. Exactly. And you were like, if they can do this, do we this, can we do can this. Do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and we would always see them in the backyard, and we were like, that's such a lovely thing. Yeah. Why aren't we doing that? Um, at any rate, this is all to say, I have picked up some tricks um, and like gotten better at it over time, and one of them is this blue cheese dip. It is phenomenal. Cam and I agree. This dip that's is fantastic. Right. This is one of your yeah, son's true. favorite. He really foods. loves it. You've seen him devour it. Yeah, it's um, it's truly yeah. something to watch. What at what point did he like this? Like six months, oh, seven God, months. Yeah, he was so like, young when he first tried six it. month old eating blue cheese dip. It's really something. Yeah. Well, so one night I was surfing Instagram. We we're having people over the next day, and I was having a little bit of anxiety about what we were going to serve. And Emily Asayef, who was our book publicist at Random House, and who's extremely good at her job and a wonderful person also happens to have a secret weapon blue cheese dip and she Instagrammed about it and I immediately DM'd her and I was like what's the recipe well my friends the recipe is not a recipe really it is equal parts blue cheese and cream cheese and then a splash of white wine and you just keep stirring it on low heat on the stovetop until it's smooth and I will amend it to say that I do what I would call like several healthy glugs of white wine because I just like that white wine yeah yeah, yeah me dip. too but people freaking love this dip it goes with anything like vegetables, bread. I really like it with dried apricots. I think it is it exceptional is a with dried apricots. Great pairing. I 100% agree. Um, and I do feel like half the struggle of being a good host is just like figuring out what you're going to put out. And this like really could not be easier. 
equal parts blue cheese, cream cheese, and some white wine, and then stir it on low Stir heat. it warm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is a bit of a departure. Um, I took vacation recently, um, and I went to Big Bend mm-hmm. um, to a town called Terlingua, mm-hmm. um, and I stayed at this new hotel airbnb situation called willow house and i was way into it the whole thing looked um i really liked the place and i just really liked terlingua in general Mm -hmm. it's like a little you know sort of like cowboy town is it like a ghost town type of thing a hundred yes terlingua ghost town is like what the town center is there's a the like the restaurant in town is called starlight theater and Mm -hmm. there's live music i think every night starting at five wow um and you know you go and you get like a steak or you get like i don't know yeah um you you did it make you want to be be like pick up some cowgirl fashions a little bit, but like blessedly, there weren't really places in Terlingua okay. to buy cowgirl fashions. <laughs> otherwise, you might have come home with several flannel shirts and a pair of cowboy boots. A hundred percent. And like, luckily, I already have cowboy boots, mm-hmm. so, so you, um, I didn't covered. need to worry about that as much. Mm-hmm. But Willow House was so chic, so well done. It's from. Uh, it looks beautiful. It's it, it really it's really impressive. It's this woman who who opened it. She sort of had this sense that she had like wanted to do something mm-hmm. sort of in the hospitality, but specifically design yeah. space. And came out to Terralingua a few years back and just was like, yes, this is the place. And she got from Southern California, moved out and has been living there full time and has been like, and it's very hard to construct things in the desert. Yeah. Um, you're bringing in like everything. Wow. It's like a real process. It's like, um, it's like uh, making things on an island. Like you just, Yeah. To, does it make everything more expensive? Um, I think it does make everything or like certain things more mm-hmm. expensive for sure. Um, and just like the distances in West Texas are yeah. rough. You know, I mean, it's like the closest airport is El Paso, which is four hours Ooh, away. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, we drove from Austin, which was eight hours. Wow. Um, did you, you did it all in one day. We did, but it's not hard driving. It's yeah. really easy driving. Yeah. Um, it's like still eight hours. Is, I, I, is, is I a thought long it drive. was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, that day's going to be yeah. terrible. And it really wasn't. That's good. Um, but I just, yeah, Big Bend was really, really beautiful. And I think it's one of the like less talked about national oh my parks. Gosh. I've been, I, this is a serious look into my brain that will not surprise you, but you know, I follow everybody on Instagram. Yeah. Anybody that, anybody that exists mm -hmm. who's come across my consciousness, my way of Mm -hmm. remembering them is just to, for that moment. Yes. So I follow this woman, Amber Vensbox, who is the founder of Reward Style, which is like an affiliate network for fashion bloggers. And, um, she and her husband seem to have done well for themselves and they have a ranch in Big Bend. And, this aspect of her life is so appealing to me. Yeah, yeah. And they just take their, like, 16 kids and go rafting down the river and do ranchy things on their ranch. And when you told me you were going to Big Bend, I was like, oh, you're going to go do the Amber Vens box thing. Wow. I was wow. really jealous. And yeah. I'm so glad that it lived up to the Instagram. I highly, hype. highly, highly recommend it. Also, the biggest takeaway, I think, is that you can see the Milky Way. Oh, um, so you cool. can see so many stars, but you could yeah. see the Milky Way, which um, a friend the other night asked me, like, would I even recognize the Milky Way? Like, if That's like, how I, I haven't seen it before, yeah. would I even recognize? I was like, it was like, girl, yeah, it's like a streak yeah. of like, yes. You is it have- a spiral, though? Um, No, not okay. that I like could like mm-hmm. tell or discern. I mean, it's like, I guess it's like a little swirling. It's milky. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's milky. Yeah, yeah. It's milky. Um, so one of my questions is, is Big Ben so big that it's in multiple towns or is like Terlingua yeah, the yeah, Big yeah, Ben yeah, yeah. town? Um, there, it's definitely in multiple towns. There are okay. definitely like various places, like various towns you can stay in. Terlingua for me felt like it was like the most of a town. Okay. Um, it had like the most sort of like stuff. And 
you know, in terms of lodging, you you and I are both real picky bitches mm-hmm. about that yes. stuff. Um, and there were not that many places that were exciting to me until blessedly Willow, Willow House, House opened, yeah. like right, but right as I was looking right to book, time. and I was like, oh my god, this is the dream. Thank you so much to Sakara for sponsoring this week's episode. So I don't remember, and I don't know if you remember, Claire, but last week I was having this lunch that I'm still thinking about. It, um, If I tried to go through the list of all of the vegetables that were involved, I would be here all day. But it was this veggie saute bowl from Saqqara that it had bok choy, it had like purple potatoes, it had eggplant that was cooked to the perfect consistency, which is kind of a hard thing to nail, at least when I do it at home. Um, it also had green beans that were charred. Like it was clearly very thoughtfully done. And the best thing about all of it was how much sauce there was, which, um, as you know, if you listen to this podcast at all, we're very, we're very big into sauces and dressings. That is an important feature for us. Sakara makes organic, ready-to-eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you look and feel like your best self. With Sakara's meal programs, breakfast, lunch, and dinner are delivered right to your door, ready to eat anywhere in the United States, and none of it is boring or bland. Their meals are specifically designed to enhance your energy, improve digestion, and do all the things that eating well does for you. The menu of chef-crafted dishes changes weekly, so you'll never get bored. Along with your meals, you also get supplements, teas, and support from a certified health coach to help you stay on track. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners $60 off their first order. That's a lot. That's a good deal. $60 off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash a few things. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash a few things to get $60 off your first order. Sakara.com slash a few things. Um, I, I too took a journey recently. Yeah. Um, back to 1995. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> to watch Party Girl. Oh, excellent film. Excellent film. Excellent film. Iconic Parker Posey film. Is this your that, favorite movie, would you say? Uh, it's a really good question. I don't. No, but when I, so they were showing it at Alamo um, Draft House and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going. Chris, turned out it's also a movie that Chris had watched in his youth, um, which I'm I was sort of surprised me by that. Too, yeah. Me too, me too. But, and the thing is, I didn't really realize until I was sitting down in the theater, I was like, whoa, this is a movie that I rented on VHS multiple times. Like huh. I could picture the co- the cover yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the box and I could picture going into the not even blockbuster, but like the independent film yeah, place yeah, yeah. in our in our um, town and renting it a bunch. And I had like forgotten how much of it I remembered and how like I was like, wow, this I think film shaped me more than maybe I had been had realized. Had given recently. it credit for it, yeah. It I'm not gonna say it's not problematic. I wouldn't say it like what do people? Well, like nothing really holds up. Holds that's up. so. That's what I was gonna say. I wouldn't say it holds up. I wouldn't go so far as to say that because there is a. There's basically a like a Middle Eastern themed rave that is sure. problematic. There are other other things about it that not it's not even just they hold up, but they feel shockingly current. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I mean, you know, the '90s are back, so I guess it's not so shocking. This film premiered in 1995, which is three years before Sex and the City, which I had to look up because she really feels like, like a, a predecessor, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to Carrie Bradshaw in a very big way to me, like in the fashion and the attitude and in, in the world. Um, so it also is the first ever film to premiere on the internet and Parker Posey. That is crazy. It's so weird. And there's this story about Parker Posey, like getting on the internet to introduce it and like having to push a button to make it play. Where where on the internet? I don't know. And I didn't do the deep dive because there just wasn't and I didn't understand it. But I was like, 
okay. You yeah, know, it, it streamed somewhere or yeah. like play. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's okay. also interestingly one of very few roles that Parker Posey has ever starred in. She's always yeah, like a, a supporting, supporting character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she deserves so much more. Um, the other person who I was surprised to recognize it, and it was Guillermo Diaz from Scandal. Um, he plays her like her roommate. He's her DJ roommate. Oh, yeah. Um, he's totally on it. You really have to squint to realize that they're the same person. But they but they are. There's so much in it that I was so interested in. So the first thing is, you know, so the, a central plot line is that there's this falafel cart where Parker Posey's character goes to get um, falafel and a seltzer and a baba ganoush. And, okay, I'm going to screw this up. But I think he's Lebanese and immigrant and he's running this falafel cart and he's really upset because a falafel, a competing falafel cart opens up across the street. And it is straight out of Instagram. It's like a falafel cart built for Instagram. It's all white. And the people are wearing like little white, you know, old fashioned hats with a little red bow tie. And then there's a LED display sign about the falafel. And it just like looks like if you were creating a cart in 2019, a falafel cart in 2019 for Instagram. It was disrupting falafel carts. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's like, wow, they nailed it. There's a voguing scene. There's a scene where they talk about menopause, which I, you know, because we're barely talking we're about menopause barely now. Talking about now yeah. people are finally starting to. There's also um, she. So a, another big piece of the plot line is that Parker Posey becomes a librarian and like gets really into library sciences. And I was like, that also feels weirdly current. Like there has definitely been a moment where every all your everybody had a friend from college who was who was getting their master's in library sciences of a kind definitely has a lot of librarian customers. <laughs> like, yes. librarians are a thing. Yes. Parker Posey was doing that way back in 1995. Killing it. Anyway, a the plus. fashions are wonderful. The Some of the cultural commentary is not, but I <laughs> completely endorse revisiting this movie. Um, okay, I have two kind of related things mm-hmm. or like related in my mind mm-hmm. um, because they both sort of explore... Uh, the spectrums of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. which I think are interesting, interesting things that you and I clearly think about a lot. Um, so there's a newsletter uh, called Oversharing that's a weekly newsletter written by a woman, Allie Griswold, who's a reporter at Quartz. Uh, but this is her like own standalone project. And it's about the sharing economy. And if you told me to sign up for an email, like a newsletter about the sharing economy um, with with like that as its lead, I'd be like, no, thank you, ma'am. Um, but it is so good and so compelling and like sharing economy encompasses so much of like business news in yep. 2019. Um, so she like the content that really got me reading it on a regular basis was all of her scooter coverage. Mm. And like I, I, you know, she just I, she has done an incredible I job. I would go back to read that. Um, of covering all of like all of the various scooter companies, like all of their all the issues with and like support of and whatever, the like scooter backlash and all of it, which mm-hmm. I will always be there for. Um, and she's also recently done a great job of covering the WeWork mm-hmm. debacle. Um, and there spent a lot of time uh, addressing like the founder and the entrepreneur and like what that all means to us now, and what we're looking for right. in a leader in ways that are really problematic. And I think asked really good and interesting questions about that. And just like, um, it's like funny and smart and like quick about it. So go back and read some of the archives. And yeah, yeah, I think it's worth diving into. The other thing on the sort of opposite end of the entrepreneur spectrum is someone who I'm like such a huge fan of, um, Anne Yang, who was the co-founder of Misfit Foods. She wrote a Bon Appetit piece recently about entrepreneurship when she was stepping away from Misfit Foods because um, basically it was taking too much of a mental health toll um, 
on her. And she had a couple of good quotes that I wanted to pull out. The mythology of entrepreneurship, the intoxicating idea that you can build things and start things and be liberated from a, quote, normal day job can bring on and normalize feelings of loneliness and stress, um, which just felt like one of these things that does not go, get talked about mm-hmm. and it does not get explored in a world where everybody's like killing it yeah. and, you know, all of that. And so on, on leaving the company, she said, deciding to leave Misfit felt like watching a new family move into your childhood home or running into an ex on the street and realizing that their eyebrows scrunch in a way that you don't recognize anymore, or hearing a song play in a restaurant and feeling a wave of nostalgia. But it also felt like I was choosing myself, valuing myself enough to work through the feelings that hurt and become who I wanted to be. I just like very much appreciate her deciding to tell this story and share this in a way that she didn't have to at all. Yeah. Um, And, you know, her investors told her she did not have to like do anything um, Mm -hmm. that she, you know, didn't have to speak to this at all, um, but she felt compelled to explain um, a different side of entrepreneurship that doesn't get covered. Truly, truly does not get covered enough. And it's such a, it's, entrepreneurship is mentally and emotionally really challenging and really isolating a lot of the time. I mean, it's why we're so lucky to have each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and still struggle with it emotionally. Yeah. Quite a bit. All right, I'm going to end with something way later. Please, um, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> than we work or, you yeah. know, mental health. So, Artifact Uprising, which is a company that sells a lot of frames and um, photo books. They and do a great print, job. Print your pictures. My preferred, my preferred photo printing vendor. Yeah, they do a really beautiful job. They have a baby book, which I have also bought and have not cracked open because I knew at the time it was absurdly ambitious to think I was going to fill out a baby book. But what they also have that I is way less ambitious and that you don't have to actually have a baby to do is this baby board book. So I don't know if you've ever seen, if you've been in like a friend's house who has a kid and, or or maybe you have a kid yourself and they have these books that are just filled with pictures of photographs of family. And a lot of the times they're really kind of like crappy, just like photo album books, but made to be like kids books and they're never appealing. Artifact Uprising makes these ones that are just totally beautiful and they're board books. And so your kid can shove them into their mouth and nothing will happen to them. Exactly. And they print the photographs right on the book. And I never realized until I became a parent how wonderful this um, idea is to have a book that is pictures of family and friends because you want your kids to recognize these people and you want them to learn their names. And the only way to do that is for them to see those people over and over. And so it does, I didn't get it before, but I'm like, oh, this is actually really nice. Well, Artifact Uprising has these things for $30. And I love the idea of this as a baby gift to be like, here, I made this picture book of all of our friends or all of our family. And now you can read this. They also do like a places one or like they do a couple different themes and they're all templatized. So Mm -hmm. you're just uploading the pictures and then on the opposite page, you like type the name. It's like very straightforward. You could do it with pet animals. Like you could do it, whatever. It's so personal and it's just really beautiful. And yeah, it can be. I I think these are genius. I think so too. What a great present. What a great like thing to have. Um, that's it. That's, that's the, the show. show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Leave us reviews. We love them. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on our podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints. 